greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Hello and welcome to Winds of Change. I'm your host, uh, Keith McKenzie. I'll be with you for this session. And uh, we're starting a brand new project here. And uh, what this is, is a, a teaching ministry. And this project, Genesis 1 through 11, was born out of necessity. And it is my gift to the body of Christ. Uh, this has been on my heart uh, for quite a while to do this. Um, really, the, the necessity I, I saw is uh, people come into the church. There's tough times out there right now. And I really feel uh, impressed by the Holy Spirit that there's going to be a lot of uh, new people coming into the church, uh, whether they're just seeking sincerely or they're coming in to fit, you know, just try this uh, Jesus thing on like a pair of pants. But what we have is we have a, a, a problem. When, when uh, most churches, when, when somebody comes to the Lord and, and they have their salvation experience and they become born again and the things of God open up to them, uh, what we have is usually most people will come in on Sunday and wherever the uh, pastor or preacher is uh, speaking from, we have the, um, the, the image I kind of see is while they're in the middle of the series or preaching, whether it's expositionally, topically, you know, series, sermon series, whatever it is, that person who, who comes into the church, um, they're kind of like running along and the train's going by and they have to kind of run along and just grab on to wherever the, um, you know, that church happens to be at that moment. And uh, the idea behind this series is to root and to ground people in the uh, basic uh, foundational truths which um, all the major doctrines, most of the major doctrines, all have their, their origin, beginning, or are implied uh, in Genesis 1 through 11. Uh, Genesis 1 through 11 is, is amazing. Uh, the the more I look at it, the more I marvel. Really, I'm just it's it's been a blessing to me to to just put this together. Uh, this series, I'm not in a rush to get through it. What I want to do is lay a foundation, and so this is going to be a study where anybody at any time may come into a church, and they can just plug in to this study, and they can you know just lay the foundation of uh, the beginnings because really almost everything um, through the years in my job and in my work and in uh, counseling uh, people uh, I, I kept finding myself going back to Genesis you know I'd get questions and I would say you know well it says in Genesis this and it says this over here and, and it was always a starting point to make sure that they understand that and Genesis means origins and so this is a book of origins and we have many 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 topics uh, that are in here and as time and as God allows and permits um, will expand on each one of those topics we will touch on them and highlight them as we go through but uh, there's a lot of things here that we need to look at so we're gonna take our time going through this um, this may take, um, I've allotted about 30 hours 
of um, you know video for this we might get it done in a lot less maybe it'll take a little bit more but that's kind of a baseline about 30 sessions uh, to get this uh, done doing Genesis 1 through 11 and uh, I hope you blessed in this and uh, I just want to start right off in prayer before we even go any further father in heaven I thank you for this day I thank you for this time Lord that we might uh, just bring forth your word Lord your word is spirit and it is truth and it guides us and it is sufficient for all things that we need and we have and everything we have and every good gift we have is from you and I just pray father you would bless this time bless this study grant us eyes and ears to both see and hear what the spirit has to say in Jesus name all right well what we're going to be doing is we're going to be spending a lot of time reading scripture um, another one of the things that's born out of necessity out of this series is um, different types of, of preaching styles out there and I'm not saying any one of them is uh, better or worse than another but um, I'm more partial to an expositional uh, verse by verse kind of unleashing the Bible one verse at a time um, recently uh, man discovered the uh, power of the atom and in that that atom and unleashing that power the atomic power uh, that we know is nuclear um, it can be used you know to, to heat homes and, and lots of uh, electricity uh, but that power was always there and for the Christian what I want you to know is that God's power is right here in our Bible and for far too many uh, Christians they just don't split God's Word they're not rightly dividing the word of truth they're not getting into the word and they're not looking at the word but it says right in the beginning of the Bible um, book of origins it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters and I want you to know right here the Genesis and much of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the Hebrew word uh, for in the beginning is Bereshit and um, but what I want to do is I want you to notice let's make a connection that that's exactly in the beginning is actually the same way that the Apostle John starts uh, the Gospel of John he says and in what I want to get to is uh, the importance of God's Word and and not necessarily my commentary uh, on that it, it's God's Word that is active and, and our responsibility as teachers and preachers is to bring forth that word in, in a manner that uh, God says that his word is, is like rain. He says to the, through the prophet Isaiah, he says, you know, that he will send forth his, his word and it will accomplish what he wants it to do. And he says, and it will not return unto me again void. So whether that's rain for the harvest and, and giving us drink and, and cleansing and, and nourishing the planet, which is its good purpose, and there's also the, the judgment side of God's word, which too much uh, rain 
and it can bring on floods and, and devastation in that manner also. So God's word, when he sends it forth, he says it's going to accomplish what he has sent it for, and it'll prosper in the thing that he sent it for. And he says it doesn't return to him void. But anyway, in the Gospel of John, it starts out exactly the same way. It says, in the beginning, and if that was Hebrew, that would be Barashit, and it says, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And that is what you need to understand right up front. Jesus Christ is, is presented in the Gospel of John and throughout the Bible that he is Yahweh God. He is Jehovah. He is the creator. There's a, a myriad of uh, texts that show that Jesus is creator. And we're going to unpack and just go through this slowly. But today's session is mostly about can we trust God's Word with the uh, creation evolution debate debate that's going on today um, there is such an attack on the the veracity of Scripture and I want you to know right up front that I believe Scripture is God breathed the, the Bible says that every word of God is pure now what I have I have an English translation of the Bible in front of me all right. All translations have some problems, and what they do is the the, the English and the cultural differences um, when translating the Word of God. We have we have to dig deeper sometimes uh, through to what the original text had to say in both the Hebrew, the Greek, and the Aramaic. But anyway, uh, I just brought up a list that here in. Um, just the Gospel of John alone, I just wanted to highlight the, the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the emphasis that we need to, as a church body, on preaching the Word, teaching the Word, and, and not so much you know, speaking of ourselves, because that limits God when we speak out of our own resources. Not that we can't comment on those type of things, but we have far too many storytellers and, and uh, ear-pleasing candymen that um, really don't spend that much time feeding the flock of God. And so out of that necessity is Genesis 1 through 11 to give you a foundational teaching. Okay. We just read there in John 1.1 1, 1, in the word word, occurs 29 times in 26 verses, and I want to take a quick tour, but I want you to, when you see them together in a, in a tight group like this, uh, my hope and my prayer is that you really see the emphasis of God's Word in the life of a believer. Okay? John 1.14, and the Word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word and, and Jesus, he, he just, mm, I, I, I really hope you get this. Uh, John 2, 22 
says, therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus said. John 4.39 says, And many of the Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word. All right? And it says in John 4.41, And many more believed because of his word. John 4.50, Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word. And it says in John 5.24, Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus speaking, He who hears my words and believes in him, the Father, who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now that one is really important. He says, whoever believes in him, okay, has passed from death into life. John 5.38, Jesus speaking to the uh, Pharisees, he says, but you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, being Jesus, whom you did not believe. So the religious and, and the people who are unbelieving, he says, you haven't believed my word. That's really the, the basic difference right there is the difference between a believer and an unbeliever is not um, some status that you have as a Christian or that, you know, some checklist you go off. It's like, do you believe the word? Do you believe in him who God sent? All right, John 8:31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, He says, "If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed." And I just want to highlight right there, disciple. Disciple means learner. That's what we're all about. God's given me to the body of Christ as a teacher. That is my gift, and I'm here to help you learn to be a disciple. And Jesus said, closing out his earthly ministry before he ascended back to heaven, he said, go out into all the world and make disciples. So we're to be learners of God's word. All right. John 8, 37 says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. And this is another uh, dialogue with um, the uh, Pharisees when they were examining Jesus. And he says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. Okay, that's the the children of Israel. He says, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. All right? And and that's the the difference. It's, It's God is light. And it says, and the light came into the world, and the world knew him not. And it says that he is rejected because men love darkness our sinful lives better than the light, the truth. And, and, and the reason, and everything hinges on this, is it says because that they, they, they don't believe, and it says because they, they love the darkness, because they want to they wanna keep their sins in dark. They, that, that, it's, it's strange, but that's our sinful condition. And it says, um, John 8:43 says, why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to hear my word. John 8:51. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Now, that's an awesome promise, and you should cling to that. 
All right. John 8:52. Then Jesus said to him, "Now we know that you have a demon." This is again the uh, the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees attacking Jesus. All right. And this is a, an awesome dialogue. You should read the entire uh, chapter eight. And it says, um, "Now we know that you have a demon." Abraham is dead, and the apostles, and I'm sorry, and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall not see death, <laughs> right? They're really getting uh, stymied by what the Lord is saying here. And he says, uh, Jesus responding back to them, he says, yet you have not known him, but I know him. That's the fellowship he has with the Father, the eternal fellowship within the trinity says and if i say i do not know him i shall be a liar like you but i know him and i keep his word all right john 10:35. he says if he called them gods to whom the word of god came scripture cannot be broken all right john 12:38 says the word of the of the word that was given to the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, which he says, Lord, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, right there, the word is the word that God gave the prophet. Again, it is God's word. John 12:48. Jesus speaking again. He who rejects me does not receive my words, which has has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. So based on how we believe and receive God's word, he says that's what's going to judge you on the last day. There's far too many people that reject the word of God because of that darkness factor. John 14:23, and Jesus said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. All right, John 14:24. he who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Again, a reference to the fellowship of the Trinity. All right? John 15:3, Jesus saying, You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken. And I'll stop right here. Um, the life-giving things that God's given to us in creation um, is described as, as, as word is light. Right here, he's saying the word is water, which, which cleans us, which nourishes us, which carries away, um, you know, uh, within our bodies. It, it carries waste. Um, it carries away our sins. Um, in Ezekiel, there's a wonderful uh, picture of the prophet Ezekiel. Is, he sees a vision of the throne of God, and underneath that throne is a river of water that comes out and just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the Lord walks the prophet in several times, you know, each time taking him a little bit deeper into the word. And, and then by like the fourth time, the Lord, you know, says, you must swim. And so the prophet looks out and he can't even see across the other side. And that represents God's just awesome depth in, in you know, his everything that he has for us is is far more than we can uh, enjoy in this lifetime if we just spend the time studying God's word. And then it says um, in John uh, 15, 20, it says, Remember 
the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So again here, it comes down to another faithfulness. And those of us who, who are faithful to preaching God's word, we live in a culture that is becoming more and more radically um, against God's word. They, they don't want God's word. All right? John um, 15.25 says, But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which was in their law. They hated me without a cause. All right? That's the prophetic nature of God's word. John 17.6, I have manifested your name, Jesus says, to the men who you gave me, and this is coming out of his great high priestly prayer, whom you have given to me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now, he's talking about his apostles right then, who were, he made stewards of the word of God. And the apostle Paul speaks to Timothy about commissioning other people to teach them to be stewards of God's word. And that's what he's made uh, each of us to be. And, and, you know, we're also given... Um, strict warning and admonition that not everybody should be teachers because we will receive a stricter judgment. So we take this very seriously, but we want you to know that because the gain that you can make is 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 life uh, to to your to your soul and to your spirit uh, that revives it. That the promises that we have, um, the trials and the and the tribulations that we go through. Uh, before we go to heaven, God's word has so many rich, rich treasures uh, in it and promises that um, by faith when we receive those, we're able to transcend um, the natural circumstances of now because we're able to think beyond because we're like, that's God's word, that's God's promise. And, and in Romans chapter 8, one of the very high watermarks of the entire Bible, it says, For all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And if you love God, then you can hang on to those promises and you find these words in here and, and the Holy Spirit will quicken those to you. All right? And it says, um, John 17:14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So Jesus is saying here, too, that there's a cost of discipleship. And, and that brings me to a point. We mentioned that disciple means learner. Um, when, we, when we go through and we study, salvation is a free gift. Okay? Salvation was given to us by faith, grace, through faith. It's a gift, a merit that we didn't honor. Uh, we, don't, we don't deserve it. God freely gives us that gift because he allowed humanity to get into such a sinful condition that nothing short of the death of himself would release us from the, the, the prison and the crimes that we committed against God. You know, it says in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And he, God's a giver. He gives us things out of his, out of his word. 
and he, he just he loves us and he, he's a giver. But discipleship comes with a cost. And, and Jesus gives uh, illustrations in, in the Gospel of Luke where he talks about uh, the cost. He says, no man goes and builds a tower, okay, without first considering the cost. Now, there is a cost because people, um, the world in general, and that even happens within the church because there's worldly, carnal Christians um, who accept Christ either for a cultural basis, but they don't really believe God's word. And um, that's kind of sad, but... Our, our country's full of uh, Christians right now who are like that. And uh, I want to encourage you that uh, if you get into God's Word, you're really, it's going to be like putting on a new pair of glasses and, and you're going to be able to see more clearly when you start to see the world through God's eyes. All right, When we start to see things from uh, our Heavenly Father's perspective. And then to wrap it up in this uh, quick tour through John uh, on this Word study, it says, uh, Jesus wrapping up his high priestly prayer, he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And um, there's just not any stronger emphasis that I can put on that um, if, if you um, are, are becoming a Christian or you've been a Christian for a while, that there's absolutely no substitute for studying God's Word. You have to spend time in the Word. You can't... Um, God's Word is like eating. All right? And He's given us a banquet. And even if your pastor uh, puts forth a wonderful banquet uh, on Sunday and he, he preaches and he brings forth the Word and he's, he's, he's going through the Scriptures and he's expositionally... Uh, opening up the, the Word of God to you one verse at a time, uh, verse by verse, or, or topic, you know, going back and forth and, and showing you all the different things. But if your pastor has a, a, a tendency to tell stories and sprinkle the Word of God here and there, like Jimmy's on a uh, Sunday to support whatever uh, story he might be telling you, that isn't really being faithful to the Word of God because as we saw right here going through that everything counts on the Word and that would be like going to church on Sunday and having maybe some candy and then going Monday Tuesday he's not feeling well you know Thursday Friday Saturday and, and you come to you know church and you just you're just dragging you're just dragging and people are like what's wrong with you I'm just so tired and I'm just so weak and you know it's like wow have you have you eaten anything I had a little bit last Sunday a couple of pieces of candy and what God wants and and it's not always the responsibility of the pastor is the pastor is to equip you and to guide you into bringing the word. He's, he's like a shepherd. He's supposed to bring you to a place where you can graze on the word of God. But that's up to you. You have to eat. You need to spend time and, you know, here through our Genesis 1 through 11 project, we're going to bring you through that um, 
where you can start grazing and you can start eating. You know, but you know, Peter says in conclusion for for this uh, first half of this session is uh, Peter said, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And as you begin to grow, you'll move from milk, and as the Apostle Paul says, strong meat. We hope you enjoyed this uh, half of this session. Um, come back, and uh, we're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you. I love you. Bye. We'll be